You're listening to Rates and Lanes with Rico Mohammed. This is the show where we improve your knowledge of the freight market, improve your bottom line, and improve the transportation industry as a whole. We're talking rates and lanes. Let's move on down the audio road. Good evening, everyone. This is Rico Mohammed. Holding down the fort for Kevin Rutherford as we are doing the rate per mile. Uh, Rates and Lanes podcast this evening. So uh, we both are going down the road. We were trying to get this thing rescheduled, but for some reason it didn't happen. So we're just going to make it go at the regularly scheduled programming time. So we uh, appreciate everyone calling in. If you have any questions, until we kind of get situated, please press 1 because we need questions immediately because we are not neither one of us are able to uh get to the stuff that we wanted to really cover right now, so we're gonna just take questions from the call from the callers. So if you have any uh questions or anything, just press the number one and that'll put you in queue and we can bring you up and take your questions live as we go. Chad, looks like we got us a question. We got us a caller with a question. All right, good deal. I'm one six. Caller, what's your name and what can we help you with? Well, my name is Paula. Um, my husband and I just uh, started the process. We have our DOT numbers and MC numbers and all that type of stuff. We need to get insurance. Uh, where would we go? We're going to be doing reefer. Where would we go to find, since we're new, find what lanes pay well, find what locations are good? Um, how do we learn where to go and how to do it? Good question. Um, I posted last week, I think it was, yeah. a, a link for uh, DAT where you can get a, a benchmark 50, 50 uh, lanes. Basically, what you really want would like to do is you can use that tool that DAT is advertising for free 50 uh, to do a 50 free lane lookup to find out what the rates are in specific lanes. Uh-huh. And what I would, and what I would do if I were you, I would try to locate the markets where I really like driving. Where I, where would I like to go? And I would try to locate those markets and put them in the request for the 50 lane lookup, so that you can kind of get an idea of the historical rates in those specific lanes. So that'll give I, you. Uh, a, go ahead, Jay. I want. I want. Yeah, I want to add, uh, add something there. Uh, what was your name again, now? Paula. Paula. Paula, hey, hey Paula, um, do you know, um, are you going to be using the Internet Truck Stop, the load board Internet Truck Stop? Do you know about it? Are you going to be using that? Um, I've heard of a couple different, uh, like, brokers and load boards and such. We haven't decided about which ones we were going to use, but uh, that's what, ITS, right? Right. Uh, well, if, the, the reason why I say that is uh, uh, they they have a tool that I've used uh, from I've been using for years, and it's uh, called Load Densities, and uh, and it t- and the, the it goes based on uh, d- demand levels, and it w- and you can go in there and select reefer, and, or not select reefer, it'll, it'll give you a graph and it'll show you the number of loads being posted, and the number uh, the number of loads being posted in a state. Now we're looking at the whole state, though Texas is really big. And Dallas can be a lot different than Laredo, but uh, 
going to show you for the whole state of Texas the number of uh, reefer loads that is leaving that state and the number of uh, of reefer loads that are posted coming into the state. It's it's a tool that I use. Good, Rico. Yeah, and I was just saying about about the DAT, uh, about the 50 rate lanes, uh, you know, you can kind of use that to gauge where you where you want to target. And once you figure out the area that you want to target, because you don't want to go to an area where you, you make a bunch of money going in, but you don't make hardly anything going out. Uh, you may want to target something where you're more even killed to where you can kind of make a, a nice, you know, have a nice level revenue stream coming in where it's, it's close to the same revenue on the outbound and on the inbound side. So that's something okay, that, that you, might, you may want to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was, when you say lanes, are there like a lane would be something of my choosing? Like if I wanted to always go from um, Northern California to Southern California, that would be a lane or is it? Right. Well, Okay. With DAT, the, the tool that DAT has, is they're, they're going to ask you for specific cities and zip codes. It's, it's kind of like in an in Excel uh, spreadsheet format, and you will put in the uh, originating city and the destination city along with the zip code. And then, okay. you, then you will possibly want to reverse that, say, so, you think, so that you can kind of feel what we've been talking about on the dumbbell concept. So you can see what a return trip from that same area would be back to your home. So you can kind of get an idea of, because ideally most people, if you want a two-truck operation, you want to try to get back home as often as possible. So if, if you can build out a, a lane, what I, what I call a lane is something that may be 500 to 1,000 miles away so that, you know, that way it's, it's uh, one day's worth of long. So if, if you look at a 500-mile radius, you can pick a city within a 500-mile radius, or if you want a two-day run, uh, a 1,000-mile radius, and that'll give you two days out and two days back in. Yeah, well, that we run give you a, so that would be a 1,000, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, that, All right, let me, I, I'll, yeah, I want to add, I'll add something to that. Uh, it, it's very important. This question that you're asking is uh, very, very important, and uh, it's the number one thing that I do every morning Um uh, before I start looking for a load, I want to know where, where the hot states are, what states are doing good, uh, and it's the first thing I do every day to find a load. And uh, uh, and just to add to that, I want to also say uh, I, I posted this on the on the group page, Rape from Our Masters, and that is uh, uh, that all the lower states, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, even Texas is doing great. Uh, those states are right now are the uh, are my pick of the states that uh, that if you wanted to go somewhere and afford a drive in, I should add. And uh, I'll let you go okay. from, take it from here, Rico. I'm getting ready to pull into this place. Okay, yeah, I put up the uh, in that post. I put up the trend lines for reefers. As a matter of fact, I don't got pulled in. And right now, the South is just really booming, really good for reefer freight. What area of the country are you in, Paula? Um. Well, we're based out of Sacramento, California, but we're okay. looking at going out and staying out for a while and then coming home. Got you. Got you. Um, what What is your – have you guys sat down and decided what type of business model do you want to run? Do you, do you strictly want to run strictly off the broker board, or have you guys decided on whether or not you're going to try to pursue customers and try to get your own uh, customer base or – or try to do a combination of two. 
probably a combination of the two. We're probably going to start out uh, with the broker boards and get contacts and figure out what uh, figure out what's out there. How far there. are you away from? You say you're just not getting your DOT authority. How far away are you before it becomes active? How, how close to that are you? Uh, we're in the 10-day dispute period now. Uh, we need insurance and a trailer. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, I would strongly advise right now would be a great time to sit down and get a game plan together and maybe start trying to locate shippers. Right now would be an excellent time, and, and you have an opportunity to, to – uh, sell them, have, and, and this was another critical thing that was discussed on the group earlier today as well, and I don't want this to get lost, especially with someone new coming in, to make sure that you guys sit down and really do a really hard, conservative spreadsheet as far as what your operational costs will be. Um, okay. I know some of that stuff is going to be difficult because you don't have all the numbers uh, in, but you need to kind of project them out and you want to project them out being on the high side uh, because if you're on the high side, if it's cheaper than what you projected, then you basically just gave yourself a raise. So you, you <laughs> like want to that, be yeah. really, yeah, you want to be really conservative on that, and and that's that's going to be critical, especially starting up. I can't stress that enough. Uh, we we talk a lot about on here. We talk about rates and lanes and all that stuff, and and, and that's great. But I don't want the big picture to get lost upon. Um, really, you, you really have to have a well-rounded business. You have to be efficient on, on every front. So we talk about getting good rates, but you also have to have a really, you have to run a real tight machine and get really, you know, be really lean and be really diverse and be really flexible, which is a smaller carrier is the selling point that you can go into your customers and really tout how flexible you are, and especially as a team operation and in, in the hotbed of, of uh I mean, you're right there in produce country. Uh huh. You know, you definitely, you definitely want to want to be able. That's a great selling factor right there. And you know, you can go in, and uh, there are people on the other side of the country that are looking to get their products right back into that market. So you could set up a nice little thing where you're just going back and forth. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a little bit of legwork. I don't want it to be sound like we're talking about it and it'll just happen overnight. You know, it's going, you're going to have to hear Noah a few times in order to get regular uh, direct shipper customer base. Uh-huh. But it's, it's going to be it'll, it'll be so worth it, and I and I think you guys could potentially have a, a you know you really could have an opportunity to really knock the cover off the ball if, if you guys you know you want to take it slow, but you know you but be aggressive about your game plan. Just make sure you get a really rock solid game plan together about approaching your direct your direct uh, shippers because you can do pretty decent on broker freight, but you're going to do much better in the long haul by getting your own direct customer base. Uh, and I Dan, have do you have anything else you want to add to that? Sure. Yeah, well, I have a question for you. Is when you deal with a broker, do they ever have you sign something that you're not allowed to contact who you're um, picking up from, you know, the direct shipper? For like a certain period of time, like a temp agency yes. does. Yes, yes, that's a that's a back solicitation. Back if I can talk tonight, goodness gracious! <laughs> it's a back solicitation clause that you're speaking of, and every just about every broker is going to have that in their contract. 
that is why, since you haven't signed any of those yet, is why it would be great if you could start approaching a couple of people now and get ahead of that. But also make sure you get uh, make sure that you get your uh, business cards and stuff like that because uh-huh. you may not necessarily you may not necessarily uh, be going back and soliciting their customers or whatever, but you can't prevent their customers from calling you. <laughs> I like that thought. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, it happens every day, but at the same time, you know, don't want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk to, you know, uh, a bad business practice of going out and stealing somebody else's customers, but you go do the, do the hard work that you need to do and, Trust me, the, the shippers are looking for carriers right now. They are filling this crunch on, on having capacity, and they are looking, looking hard for carriers right now. We have to go out there and market ourselves and are and able to uh, get to them and show them that we deserve to have that business. They don't need to necessarily go through a middleman. Brokers serve an important yeah. purpose. I don't want to discount the, the, the value that, that brokers bring to the marketplace because they do provide a valuable service. Uh, sometimes the bad ones kind of make the industry look bad for for the good ones. So, um, yeah. did, did that, probably like I said, you can go back through the news feed and maybe try to find that, uh, or just go to DAT and look for uh, benchmark rates, and uh, that'll that'll give you a way to uh, start to target. You know, get give you some target areas where you can look for as far as outbound and inbound freight back and forth to uh, to your area. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. That helped you out? Yes, it did. Thank you. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for the call. Let's go to caller in the 316. Caller in the 316, what's your name? What you calling about? This is Bruce Jansen again, Rico. Bruce, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I... I didn't hear you give the USDA market report for reefers for produce. If you want me to read it off here, I can do that quickly before I ask my question. You are the man, Bruce. You came prepared. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, okay. Uh, They they said there's a slight surplus of trucks for central Wisconsin. We probably figured that. Here's the important one. A shortage of trucks is reported for the following regions and commodities. Onions from the Imperial Valley of California, tomatoes, mixed veggies, melons and berries from Central and South Florida, potatoes from Florida, and sweet potatoes, once again, from Eastern North Carolina. A slight shortage of trucks is reported for the following commodities. Blueberries from Central and Northern Florida, melons from South Florida, cabbage and onions from the lower Rio Grande Valley in Texas, and citrus, tomatoes, carrots, mangoes, mixed fruit, and veggies from Mexico crossings through Laredo, Texas. Hmm. Now, I don't know how um, they are this week because I've been in North Carolina all week long. They can't get nothing out. I haven't busted a grape up here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have not... uh, um, I have it, and I'm going to post a picture of the uh, fruit and vegetable truck report on the uh, in the group. And uh, I appreciate you uh, helping me out on that, Bruce. Uh, what, what what was your question? Well, I'm 
I'm noticing a trend, Rico, and I guess I'm throwing this out to anybody else or to you to answer. You know, 30, 40 years ago when trucking was all regulated, a good bit of the trucking was a one-way haul. You got your money going from your area out to where you delivered to, and since you didn't, oftentimes didn't have authority to bring loads back, you got a rate that was commensurate with what it take, what it took to run a round trip. You know what I mean? Right. And with deregulation, that was busted up almost a hundred percent. And you know, for many years, it was you had to be loaded both ways to make a living. Well. It's right. still that way, we all know, but what I've noticed is that as our rural areas become less and less populated and our urban areas become more and more populated, are we moving back to that kind of a scenario again where everything moves one direction, you know, where you know in the in the rural areas you typically have your agriculture, which is food commodities, which you know, primarily what reefers haul. And, you know, the people all living in concentrated areas around cities, there's not much demand for for return loads or backhauls in somebody's lingo going back out to the producing regions for food. And maybe living in central Kansas, I see that more than maybe other people. But, you know, other than a few packing plants in the western half of the state of Kansas, there's no freight and there's nothing going west into that area because there's nobody that lives out there to speak of. I think you got a very valid point, and I think that that's why, for me, my for me, that was one of the defining factors of me moving to Atlanta. Uh, I think that. The model is going is going more towards the major metropolitan areas. If you can find a good run back and forth between the major metropolitan areas, I think you can kind of insulate yourself a little bit. But knowing the history of small trucking, small trucking is is, is small town. It's yeah. you know the, the guys most of the guys you know stay in smaller towns. It's not necessarily uh, staying in the bigger cities or whatever. And and that's kind of the conundrum that uh you know that, that that we're falling into because like you say it's everything's kind of going back to uh you know more so in the, in the heavier populated areas versus there's very little that you can find unless you can get ahead of the game and 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 find out that the, the industries that are in those smaller towns. If you can find out what their inbound freight is and, and if there's a way that you may be able to contract with, with their suppliers or whatever to bring in their inbound freight, then you might you might be able to get around that somewhat. Well, let me give you an example. The the packing houses in Kansas are Tyson Foods, XL, Cargill, and National Beef. All three of those companies have their own trucking fleets. Exactly. You can guarantee that any load coming back to their plant of any supply that they have is going to be put on one of their trucks. Well, man, and, and, and me being the, the, the independent spirit that I got, 
it almost I got blood running down my cheek as I'm I'm getting ready to mention this. <laughs> but uh you know, I've seen advertisements for uh for car deal. I don't know how, how good of a carrier they are as far as paying everything, but that since you mentioned them and one of their advertising the uh logo in their advertising is, is work for the shipper. Uh, they're yeah. looking for owner operator to lease on. Yeah, ooh, I, you know I, I hate giving up that kind of control to anybody else, but you know uh, those one of those things you got to think long and hard about. Um, if you can't, if you can't um, establish some type of, of revenue for you to get back home, or you might have mm-hmm. to look at you know kind of like what I did and, and bite the bullet and may have to. Hang up the overalls and get your city, your city slicker clothes on and move to the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I have in Central Kansas is all paid for, and if I tried to sell it and buy in any metropolitan area of any size, it would buy half of what I have. Yeah, yeah, that's. And age fifty-five, I don't want a lot of debt anymore. I don't like debt. I like being debt-free. Amen to that, brother. You know. Amen to that. I mean, I guess the question I'm asking, you know, you look at, uh, like New York City, for example, just the East Coast, but you can take any one of those towns. If there's 100 trucks going into that city with food or other commodities, there might be 10 trucks being able to load back out of there within a 100-mile radius, you know, maybe. And unless you, you know, bounce into Pennsylvania or, you know, into Maryland or someplace away from that whole metropolitan area of people, the outbound freight just isn't very good. I think, trying to just just thinking out loud and, and on the fly on this one, uh, I think maybe what is the closest metropolitan city that you that you are that you, that you are near? You might you might have to devise a strategy to where you know. You can get a uh, roll your cost into your into your cost of operation as far as your dead end and anything else that you're going to have to end up eating to try to get over into uh, a better metropolitan area. And also, even with all of the companies that you just that you mentioned earlier, they still can't cover 100 percent of all of their freight. There's there's going to be times when they're they're going to um, need some excess capacity themselves, and it might. Well, they be have a lot of other carriers in there, but they're all the the mega carriers. You know, the ones that have see, lease, drive, see, train. You know, team on yeah, the back of their doors. It, it, might, it might be. It might be a good. It might be a good opportunity, Bruce. If if you're there, if you're there, if you're mm-hmm. right there in that backyard, it might be opportunity to begin to start to try to nurture some type of a relationship. You know, that might be one, yeah. one of those times where where you might have to go in and, and put some of the stuff into practice that, that you know, Kevin and George and, and, and the guys talk about as far as, you know, going in there and, and not saying it's going to be easy, but, you know, to go in there, introduce yourself, and be able to win some of that freight over, you know what I'm saying, to, to be able to get yeah. some of that excess capacity. It's, well, see, I've already talked to, to one of the, the – the, yeah. I've talked to one of them that I have connections with, and, you know, to become a, 
a certified carrier with them means you have to have a drop trailer program, and then you have to bid on the lanes you want, and the lowest bid typically gets it. And, you know, there's no guarantees other than uh, maybe maybe a six-month contract at best. You yeah, know, so, right now, I mean, right I've now, done some of that. Going the way that. Right now, with everything the way it's going, I, I don't think anybody's doing year-long contracts anymore. I think now yeah. more of the norm is a six-month contract. But I, I think that, like I said, I know you say you've done some of that, and there may be opportunities there, you know, you have to go, go back in and, and still figure out if there's some kind of way. If you get to the right person, I'm pretty sure that there can be exceptions made to every rule. Yeah. As long as long as, as long as you get to the right person, if you, if you package it the right way, sometimes it's not – sometimes we may, we may not be asking the right question, or sometimes it's, it's not – we may be asking the right question, we, may, that we might just be packaging it wrong. Mm-hmm. So, so sometimes, you know, uh, in relationship building and, and everything like that, you have to try to find, you know, look at it from get up close to it, walk around it for a little while, get look at it from all different angles to see how is it that, you know, what is it? Do they have a problem? Do they have a problem lane? Is there something there? And, and is there something there that you might be able to go in there and feel a need and provide value to them, but at the same time it's it, it's, works out for your business model as well. I mean, that, it's going to take a lot of hard work and a lot of homework and, and digging and fact gathering to try to get that information to try to uh, see if something like that will fit into your operation. But mm-hmm. if you stay well, if you stay in that if you stay in that area, it's, it's a worthwhile investment. I, I think I don't I don't think it'll be a waste of time. I think it'll be a worthwhile yeah. investment. Well, what I've learned, I've kind of set myself up a triangle deal where I go from. I do have a haul from central Kansas down to Phoenix area, and then I've either been loading produce right in Phoenix or go down to Nogales and load frozen vegetables, take those up into Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, Ohio, and then I can find loads. There is a food distribution center about 50 miles away from here that Kroger has, and I've been fairly successful in finding loads into there, and if not into there, I can always get loads back to Kansas City, which is a... 180 miles, you know, deadhead home to my next load. But so it is kind of, you know, it is working okay. I just always looking to get that last 10 cents out of everything that, you know, that someone else is putting in their pocket because of my work. Right, right. Well, and and like I said, stay in that area, you know, if you plan it out, be, it might be a good worthwhile effort to go in and, and uh, you know, take a guy out to rush or whatever. But, I mean, you might have to do that for six months before you crack the egg or something like that. But, you yeah. know, in order to get them to warm up to warm up to you or whatever. But those are, you know, that's kind of like the behind-the-scenes stuff that you got to kind of invest that time in. And, and, you know, if you really want to get something different than what everybody else is, then you got to do something different. You got to do something to set yourself apart. And and that's you know that's some of the stuff that I think that um, I think would be a, a very good revenue well a, a very good way of you going about trying to increase your revenue. I'm thinking about I'm going to reach out to uh, Chuck Snow who was at the CMC, uh, the owner of Traffic's up in Canada, and uh, 
know, I know he has a big fleet and everything, but I mean, he didn't start out that way, and maybe try to get him on that, get him on the line, and, and uh, pick his brain and get some different ideas of something different that maybe we hadn't thought of, or, or something that we could incorporate that we might need to be doing differently to uh, make ourselves more attractive. Yeah, one more thing before I let you go, Rico. Uh, that that husband-wife team that's just starting, you know, that was on right before me. Sure. One of the tricks I've learned is when you go talk to somebody, you ask them for the most impossible lane they have trouble finding trucks for. And right. And then offer your services as a team. They have an advantage that they can expedite loads that a single guy can't get done. You know, they can exactly. be on a short list of, hey, we have this load that just came up, and we have to get it somewhere ASAP. You guys can do it. Here, what does it take to do it? You know, kind of become exactly. hot shots with a 53-foot reefer. Yeah, and I, and I just wanted to go back and reiterate to them, if they're still listening, to make sure that, you know, don't discount making sure that they know their numbers because that's, that's going to be – yeah. You know, someone, someone posted an excellent post in, in the group today, and, and that's going to be the difference between uh, being and staying successful and may possibly going bankrupt. Because sometimes, you know, it's not really about how much you make, it's how much you can keep. And you got you definitely and, have to figure out and, and know your numbers. And that, that line between profit and loss can be as sharp as a razor's edge sometime. You got that right. You know, one you side of it right. you fall off on the good side, but on the other side you fall off on the bad side. And that's why it's and so it's, important, like, you know, you, you made the comment earlier about uh, not having any debt. That's that's why it's so important to be debt-free. Absolutely. Critically, you no, I don't have anything to add. I just, I appreciate everybody that posts on Facebook, and I learn a lot. Sometimes I don't agree with the, with the people who are posting, but there's nothing that says we can't disagree. I just don't want anyone to be disagreeable. That, that exactly right. Exactly right. I, I read, I read a, a, a post that, uh, the other night, I disagreed with it, but I was like, you know, maybe, you know, it's, it's good to have, you don't want to have a totally monolithic crowd. You got to have a little bit yeah. of diversity. I mean, the variety being the spice of life, you know, you know, if, if everybody agreed with everything that everybody thought, I mean, how how, how in the world could you get any, uh, you know, get better? You, you need someone to yeah. challenge you and, and make you, uh, you know, make you, make you step your game up a little bit. You know, my sister had a good friend back 30, 40 years ago when they were in high school, gave her a little poster that said, a ship in a harbor is safe, but that's not where ships are meant to be. That's right. You know, ships are meant to be out on the ocean, out there fighting the storms and the waves and going somewhere. That is exactly right. So. All right, my friend, Go ahead. Yeah, Have a good weekend. I appreciate it, Bruce. We'll talk with you in a little while. Good having you on, Bruce. Yeah, thanks. All right. You back with me, Chad? I'm back with you. I got pork. This is a good place to I'm I'm podcast
<laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to jump on this next call in the 916. And, uh, Chad, while you while you handling this call in the 916, I'm going to go run in here and check in. <laughs> All right. Sounds, sounds good. Let's see what I can do. I hope they don't talk about reefers. <laughs> I'll do my best. Well, go ahead. Let's see here. Call up in the 916. What's your name? What you calling about? Uh-oh. Call up oh. 916. Hello, caller? Maybe we'll have to salvage that one. Yeah, maybe we'll put that one back on hold. Let's see. We got a caller from the 605. Caller in the 605. What's your name? What's you calling about? Yeah, my name is Joe Cox. Uh, I got a couple of things. Uh, for people that are looking for loads in hard to areas like Bruce was, there, there's a, uh, a publication out there, or there used to be anyway, called the Shippers News. Uh, and it's sold by the state, so whatever state you live in, and it has every shipper in that state, their address and their person in charge of shipping. Uh, not only the big place that's got four docks, but the little places down the alley that they have to bring the stuff out on the two-wheeler. Okay. There is lots of freight in middle America on the back streets in these towns that got one street light. Okay. Uh, I'm, 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 I, as as you were saying that, I, I jumped right on the uh, internet and tried to Google it real quick. Yeah, uh, I, I that's the name of it. I can't remember, but they're sold in every state, and uh, it, it's an awesome thing because it gets you a contact, you know. And then, and sometimes what we need to do too is what I like to do is when I'm traveling, don't take the bypass around town. Go through town. Make a note. Stop in. Ask that shipper if you'd like to go have lunch. Lunch is cheap. That 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 uh, repertoire that you have with him can be never ending. I walked into a shipper 23 years ago. I've still got that same shipper on a handshake. There you go. We load. I load four no, trucks a week yeah, out of my a... shipper, and uh, my I've I've never had to look for a load outbound in 23 years. Yeah, uh, there's another pro- that that's some good advice. There's another program called Shippermate. It's uh, yeah. it's it goes through uh, Internet Truck Stop, uh, the load board that I was mentioning earlier, and uh, it's pricey. It's about a thousand dollars a year, uh, nine ninety nine something like that. But it, it it costs a lot. But the thing that it gives you is that it gives you um, it'll tell you when the volume is up, uh, like. Uh, Maybe uh, during December, this shipper here volume is really high, and uh, the good thing about that is, is that when you can you can see when this that particular shipper is in that city, uh, when his volume goes up in dry van uh, movement, um, and that's what you do is dry van. You could go to them and uh, present yourself to them, and they're a whole lot more likely to listen to you and take you on as uh, as being the, the carrier that moves their freight. The, you and many others, if. Uh, if they have a huge volume, uh, you know, increase during that time of the year, uh, and uh, they, I've, I've gotten a class on it once before, and uh, I guess the thing that's uh, kept me from ever doing it is, uh, is um, it costs them a thousand dollars. It's uh, it's a really good tool for brokers, though, and, and it would be a good tool for carriers as well that wants to wants to, uh, you know, start uh, dealing with the uh, shippers in their area. 
Well, I think that if you if you're willing to put in a little bit of hard work and, and actually go in like you know the, the stuff that we've already talked about previous, um, you know the Mansa dot coms, the uh, Thomas Nets, the uh, LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn gets you direct contact with the decision makers, and a couple of that along with the other tools. I mean, I think there's enough with the, with the invention of the internet and everything else. I don't think that you have to pay. Um, you know, I don't think you have to make that investment of that thousand dollars. I had shipper mate for for a little while, and uh, you know, it, it is a pretty cool little tool. But honestly speaking, I didn't get one customer off of it. Um, really? Yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I got I got a couple of responses. I mean, I, I marketed to the people that we were trying to target, but I didn't get one customer off of shipper mate. Uh, but I've gotten multiple customers off of. Uh, you know, LinkedIn, um, and and just free free resources that are out here. And and I'm I'm trying to Google what the gentleman just talked about. Uh, you still on the line with us, sir? Yeah, and I'll have to go back and look at that again in my files, and then I'll send it on the on the on the link in a in a day or so. But I, like I said, they've got it for each state. There's 50 of them. And it's uh, it's even. I mean, if it's a one horse town and they got some manufacturing in that town. It's in there, and uh, you can go in there. It is. A, I live in South Dakota, and it's amazing in the middle of nowhere. What what is in those towns that you don't even think about? There's shippers there. You walk in there, and you offer to, like you said, take their hardest load, their most difficult customer, get in there and make them your friend. Make sure you know them. Make sure you do what you say. You say what you're going to do, and do what you say. That's the key. That's it. Don't don't sit there. Don't whine. Uh, solve the problem. Uh, I haul kitchen cabinets. I have to unload. There's a lot of times my contract says this. There's a lot of times I get there, I have to do a little more. Yes, I can call the shipper and complain, but you know what? 23 years building a house, putting my kids through school, making me a dadgum good living. I want to do what I got to do to take care of them because they took care of me. There you go. Which, Chad, I'm, and, I'm a, and as far as like Bruce down there in, in Kansas, now I started out in reefer country with reefers. Then I couldn't get into some of them places, the Cargill, the, the beef places. So I decided to go to dry vans because I didn't want to move to the place that I that was. And, you know, so maybe you don't have to move. Maybe you change your modus of operation to see, so you can live there because I don't care what I pull behind me, a flatbed or something, it's got to make me a living. Absolutely, um, you know, yeah, and that's sure. where we have uh, to George, be in this. That's what, that's what we have to be in this industry. We have to be able to change on a moment's notice, whether it's for a broker, whether it's for a shipper, whether that. I mean, I've been on vacation before, and my shipper has called me knowing I'm on vacation. It says, "Hey, where are you at?" And I'll say, "Jim, you know where I'm at." He'll say, "Oh," he'll call back an hour later and say, "Joe," I say, "Jim, what do you need?" And the next day, I go home. But like I said. He's made me very good money for 23 years. Wow, um, George Heck, uh, he's he's a, he, he's in the group, and uh, he was telling me about um, how he, he's got some some shippers right there in his area that he deals with, and uh, uh, one of his shippers they deals with uh, needed more than, needed more than the drive uh, than what he's capable of doing. And uh, George Heck went went and rented the trailers for the for his customer to keep his customer happy, and uh, the customer paid for the extra rental of the trailers and everything. Yeah, um, 
that's being the uh, being versatile. Um, it's good stuff. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to invest in more trailers, or at least have, have that capability, have that backup. If uh, if it ever were to come, I had a direct shipper that that I dealt with uh, all the time, and they, you know, maybe wanted flatbed and drive man or reaper. Um, I need to be set up with someone that I can grab that assets from. Oh, yeah, because that's what I've got. i got multiple trailers, and whenever they do it, they've used it. I've moved the plant manager before. I've moved his brothers before. I've moved their personal vehicles in the trailers before. Uh, I hauled a set of barbecue to the CEO of the corporation in Michigan because he wanted it done. I didn't care. (laughs) I didn't care. You know, you do what you got to do to survive. And this is a – you can make – the old adage, you can't get rich in trucking, I disagree. You can't. But you got to be willing to work for it. And, you know, you can't be a crybaby. That's the only thing I've got to say. I, I know I make a lot of posts on there that make people mad, but <laughs> that's that's me, you know. Uh, but that's all I had to say is there's, there's lots of shippers in middle America. Don't take the bypass around town. Go through town and look at these shippers. They're there waiting for you to stop in. Do you get a lot of uh, shippers? Uh, do you have a lot of contacts there where you live at? Where, where do you live at? I live in Madison, South Dakota, north, just north of Sioux Falls. I've got more. I've got more direct freight. In fact, I, I told two customers last year I can't haul them because I don't. I've got five of my own trucks. I can't do any more. Can't find drivers. Well, have you have you ever thought about doing the broker side of it? Uh, the broker side of it with this new bond. <laughs> that, that's the thing. And quite frankly, the stuff we haul, you have to get back there and unload. Drivers and owner-operators don't like it. I love it. It keeps me in shape. Uh, I get paid very well for it. But when you yeah. mention doing that work, a lot of people, I'm not doing all them stops. I'm not, I, I work from 8 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock at night, generally. I don't, I'm yeah, not working. No, I've, into... I've been working. You know, it, it, I, enjoy not, yeah. I enjoy not having to work hard. Um, yeah, it goes back into quoting the ugly load. I mean, th- those loads with multiple stops on it, sometimes they they are a treasure. They got lots of money in them because they've been sitting for so long because so many of these drivers will not touch it. They will not have nothing to do with it. And uh, I got a, a, a friend. He's on the group. His name's Tom. He's, he's making some really good money. He found a little niche up in the northeast in New Jersey doing plants. I hope, uh, hope he doesn't get mad at me for uh, letting a secret out, but uh, – <laughs> He's 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 out of New Jersey. He, we just talked today, and uh, and and I, and I know the reason why he's getting the rates that he's getting is because it's multiple stops up in the Northeast. Uh, and and my friend Tom, he's uh, uh, he, he he used to run up there as a company driver, and he, that that kind of being up around the Northeast and those roads and stuff doesn't bother him. And uh, uh, it's just an extra stop, but he's making a ton of money, more you know three four dollars a mile up in the Northeast. Uh, doesn't happen that easy, and, uh, and but he's up there doing it, you know. And uh, yeah. and talking about you know, uh, uh, I I go to the same places all the time. All my drivers go to the same places all the time. We get to know the customers. Hell, I have customers come over, see me in the parking lot. And they say, "Hey, come over to the house and have a shower and eat dinner with us." Uh, I don't look at this as a job anymore. But so many drivers, you talk, they call in and say, "Hey, I want to work for you." I say, "Well, they'll, they'll say, what are you doing?'" I say, "I'll do this, this." Oh, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing all them stops. They don't even ask about the pay. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, the, right now uh, with the plants going on, I got another friend. He's doing plants there in Georgetown. It was one of the very. He started it when when I, I did it at the beginning, and I got him in it. And uh, and uh, now that's that's his niche. Every year, that's all he wants to do is go deliver those uh, racks and plants to Lowe's, and uh, he makes a good money at it. He makes round trip. He, I think he's like at a dollar ninety seven a mile, and plus they pay him. Twenty or twenty or thirty dollars per stop. They add up, and it's at lows, and it's at nighttime. Nobody signs nothing. He just uh, goes back there, wheels the carts off the back of the trailer, and uh, he's off to his next one. Twenty, thirty dollars a stop, and uh, and he gets money for bringing uh, the carts back. It's the, bringing the carts back. I think he said it was making like six, seven dollars a cart bringing those back, and those are empty. Uh, and he does that every year. He likes it. He doesn't. He's not. He's not. Go ahead. Yeah, we get 75 a stop, and that doesn't matter. A whole load is 225 cabinets. I can have anywhere from 15 to 25 stops, so it doesn't take long to take the math. Uh, I had a couple stops today. You have one or two boxes. Most of the time I'm in and out in 10 minutes, I get 75 bucks. That's lawyer's wages. If you take and figure yeah, out yeah. $75, it takes me 15 minutes. You know, uh, I, I carry in a gallon of stain. $75. I go down the road, I get a fuel surcharge based on 53. My fuel surcharge, I actually drive less than I'm getting paid for the fuel surcharge because they allow us to do it the way we want. Uh, it, it's great. You know, we make our own appointments. Uh, like I said, I've been doing it for 23 years. I love it. The only bad thing is there oh, are absolutely. times when if you don't find the backhaul, I've got to go back empty. But I get paid good enough that I can go back empty, and I have gone back empty from all four corners of this country, and it's just part of doing business. But you have to take care of that customer. That customer is my primary customer. Yes. Um, let me ask you, Rico, have you came back on yet? guess not. Still checking in. Hey, uh, <laughs> are, you, are you on the Facebook I, well, it's just it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be me and you for the podcast. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm on the Facebook uh, the, Joe Cox. I, okay, oh, Joe Cox. Okay, hey, uh, what would it? I'm the argumentative one. Talk about it. I'm the argumentative one. The argumentative one. All right. Uh, uh, how's it going? What do you like about it? Pros and cons. What should we be doing? I, I I love it. I started driving 25 years ago. Like I said, I've been hauling this contract for 23 years, uh, just on a handshake. Uh, you know, I, I threw something out last week about the rate per mile on multiple stop load. I didn't disclose anything. You know, but you get so many of these people saying three and four dollars a mile. Uh, I'm not getting three or four dollars a mile. I mean, when you figure in your stop paying, you figure in, you know, your surcharge and everything. But these, uh, I had so many people on the group saying three or four dollars a mile plus surcharge plus. It's like, you know, that's unrealistic. But, you know, I would rather do that because my numbers, well, last year I did $335,000 to my truck. Oh, wow. You know, that, that's good income. Maybe, you know, I, I've been well over $2 a mile for all miles. I write my mileage down January 1 in my house. December 31st, I write my miles down again. I'm well over $2 a mile for every mile my truck turns, loaded, empty, deadhead, bobtail, going to the grocery store, going to McDonald's if I want to go to the movie, everything. But I don't worry about rates because I, I know so many people, I'm not hauling for this rate, I'm not hauling. They can't make their truck payment because they get so hung up on the rate, but not the miles. You know, I would love to have $5 a mile, but at the end of the week, I have to have a certain amount of miles to generate that income so I can pay my bills. 
Yeah. Um, uh, all right, gentlemen, I'm back with you. All right. Did you get all checked in, Rico? Yeah, I just got checked in. Whatever you got, go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll jump in later. We'll, well, go ahead and finish up your point. Well, I, I, I think we, we we were pretty much done. Uh, did you have another caller ready, or uh, do you want us to continue talking? <laughs> we can talk uh, some more. Yeah, but we're ahead, time here. Uh, if, All right. But if we got if we got somebody else, uh, he was the last one with a question. We still got a, we got a bunch of calls on the line. If anybody has a question okay. or a comment or anything, go ahead and press number one. Jump in the queue, and we'll bring you up. But go ahead and finish your finish your conversation. So okay. where, where do you um, home? What what do you do, Chad? I'm I'm dry van. I do uh, a lot of expedited loads. Um, I focus a lot on the rate per mile, um, unless unless it's something that that's uh, unless it's something that's, that that I want to do. You know, if, it, if if I find a run that's paying two dollars a mile and and Las Vegas has uh, got some and the uh, Las Vegas has uh, got some good numbers coming out of Las Vegas. I'll take the chance to go out there to do something fun. I, I like uh, got a lot of background noise, um, but uh, I, I do a lot of so I do a lot of expedited loads. I go off of I go off of demand. I go out and I run about two weeks, and then I'll take a week off uh, unless I get unless I get home uh, during the week, and then you know. But that's what I like to do. I like to stay out about two weeks, and then uh, come home, take a week off, and uh, just run expedited loads. Uh, I like to be closer to the three dollar. If I can say when 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 it's doing really good, I'll, I'll be above the three dollar range. Um, I'm usually the last truck that'll leave the truck stop at the end of the day. You know, if, when it gets to be about four or five o'clock, uh, people are starting to come in and they're done for the day. I'm I'm still sitting there. I still haven't taken a load yet. I'm waiting for that for that desperate call where, you know, it's like they're calling the nine one one service when they call my comp when they call me and. Uh, and I give them the rate, you know, and I and I let them know this is why my rate is what it is because I provide a really good service. I've, I want to talk more to I want to have more discussions about that. Why can you? Uh, can, why why is your rate? If you quote a higher rate in a broker and it says to you, why is your rate so much higher? Uh, have 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 a way have a way you can explain that. Uh, I'll I'll tell oh, you. Yeah. I'm an owner operator. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of your customer. When I'm done take when I'm done with your load, your customer is going to request that I do your load again, and they're going to, and they're going to keep you as their broker because I'm going to provide that good service. And and I get um, several times I've had brokers call me up and let me know that they received a letter from from one of their customers that I that I did a load for. Load was delivered on time. They received white glove treatment. So I can argue the point where I am worth. 15, 20, 20% more than, than the average company driver. I'm an owner operator. I'm, I, I care about what I do. I'm going to be doing this for a long time. I'm going to have this MC number until the day I die. And, uh, you know, I, whereas a company driver, that's, that's a job to him. You know, it's not really his life or his blood. It's, he's not, he's not sunk into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a, a shipper that was a trade show that we did three months of the year. And he had had everything, FedEx, Custom Critical. They'd had White Glove. They'd have every every big company, small company out there. We were the only company, and we did it for four years, we were the only company to do it 100% no failure. I could name my rates. I didn't gouge them, but I did enough that I needed, you know, I'd give them a good solid rate, and we were on time. 
And this stuff didn't weigh 2,000 pounds. You could have actually put it in the bed of a half-ton pickup. But they paid us our rate that I asked, and we did it for four years. And last year I had to tell them, sorry, I don't. Uh, I, I'm down a truck, and I just couldn't do it. And they were extremely mad because we couldn't do it. We were the only ones not saying anything. We were the only, you know, the adage. Say what you're going to do and do what you say. If you tell somebody you're going to be there at 5 o'clock, be there at 5 o'clock. Not one minute after 5. One minute after 5, you're late. Yeah, absolutely. All and right. show up presentable, show up in a good attitude. All, 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 all good key points. All good key points. Um, well, we got another caller that's got a question on the line. We're going to uh, move on. We're actually going into bonus time, but I, I guess with all the hiccups and everything that we've had tonight, uh, I don't know if we really want to call it bonus time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. We got a caller from the 585. I think I might know who this is. 585. Caller, what's your name and where you calling from? Hey, Rico, George Heck, how are you? <laughs> hey, there's George, there's the man. <laughs> I was just talking about him. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, I heard, here, I, I, oh, George. George, I uh, I got told a story today that uh, – well, not a story, a true fact, and I know it was a fact um, – that uh, that at whenever you you don't use the load boards at all. Whenever you deliver your load, you go straight to making sales calls and finding your next shipper to do your next load. Is, is that true, or uh, maybe fifty fifty? What, what do you say about that? No, uh, definitely true. Uh, my wife and I are actually talking about that. When I'm in an area now, do I just rent a car and try to make some sales calls? But you know, so I can clarify to most of these guys and gals. You know, your own customers are, are going to be golden. They're, they're just, you know, I feel like the, the previous caller took all of anything I would want to say, but he nailed it perfectly. Uh, be presentable. Be happy. Be on time. I mean, I'm meeting a customer tomorrow at the store at Philly, 7 o'clock. The salesman already called me and said, hey, what do you want in your coffee? You want a breakfast sandwich? I'll pick it up on the way in. You know, and this is a load that, <laughs> in my opinion, is paying me phenomenal. But I'm not complaining. I'm sitting in a rest area right now because I lost my trailer lights, and I'm finally putting a new plug on the tractor, but I want to do it before it got dark. Well, I'm not complaining. I'm not, I, I'm not pulling in a truck stop to pay somebody 200 bucks to do it, and I'm not going to complain that I've lost an hour of sleep. I'm just right. going to take care of it. That's what the customer wants. They, they're in their business of building their stuff. They're not in the freight business. They want you to take care of that problem. Exactly. Now, now exactly. one thing I also want to share out here, a little secret about Chad. Um, Chad posted last week when I was coming out of Chicago that he was going south in Indiana. I was behind him about 20 miles. We decided we were going to go for dinner. I said I would pick up dinner to go to the restroom. He came back, and he goes, oh, I got it. Well, I thought he was being a gentleman. He goes, no, you can get the next time. I said, wait a minute, this dinner was $14. I said, what are you going to get, the next one with the steak and the and the beer? And he goes, well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So he Time to get his wallet open. <laughs> but I mean, just you know, it's it's tough. And Rico, you said it in the beginning. You know, you're going to hear no a lot, and and it's it's tough. It's frustrating. I was working with Kenny and Elizabeth yesterday to try to take care of something for a prospective new customer, and I was just going to hand it right over to them. And came up with a price. They wanted it out to Denver quick. They wanted it in Utah the second day. Well, Denver two days and then third day of partial and gave him the price and I mean the guy fell over and it was just 
I said, well, this is done. You know, but we tried. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, and that's the thing about it. You're not going to. You're not going to knock the cover off the ball every single time. I mean, professional professional baseball is not my favorite sport, but they pay, you know, if a guy has a 300 batting average, they pay you millions of dollars just to have a 300 batting average. And and, and to understand what a 300 batting average is, is, you know, three out of ten times that you come up to the plate, you, you actually get on base. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, well, and and here's one thing also. I mean, you know, the, I I need to figure out who that other gentleman was that called in and t- talked about, you know, all of his customers. One of my moves that I have on the trailer right now is some flooring for one of my customers that I do her art shows for. She pays me round-trip miles on it, puts me up in the hotel, same thing like he was talking about. But I have a skit of flooring that she wants me to drop off in Connecticut to her daughter. And I, I said to her, I said, you know, it's a pain. I said, it's probably going to be this price. And she was like, I don't care what the price is. I'm getting more pretty much than most guys are getting on a full truckload for taking this flooring to her daughter. Right. But, you know, and, you know it's been a thorough pain. It's, trust me, it, it has been in the hardest move I've probably done in the year and a half I've been in business, but it's, it's doing what they want. And, and, that, and like I was saying earlier, too, about sometimes, especially when you're dealing with, when you're prospecting or you're talking with a potential customer and everything, sometimes you might even need to take a step back. And, and if you're not sure you're asking all the right questions, maybe you should ask them, you know, what should I be asking about? So, you know, find out where the value is from them. Don't necessarily get caught up in what you want, necessarily everything that you want or whatever. You can kind of, what you, your job is to find a way to tuck your proposition into what it is that they want and that they need. And if, if yes. you can find a way to, to get in the boat instead of rowing the boat against the grain going up the stream, get in the boat with them and roll down the stream, you know, to steal the words from the song, gently down the stream with them. Get in the boat and roll gently down the stream with them. Put your proposition in the boat with them in the direction that they are already moving in. Yeah, and absolutely. And, 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 and partner with them. You're, you're not I, – I, I use my words of customer, but I like to call them – I prefer to call them partners because they are partners right. to you. And, I, and like I said when I was on the, the, the one podcast, I, I have some customers that stretch me out, but I have a customer. I did a move for her last Thursday. I built her Friday. The check was in my mailbox today, and they're, you know, one-day mail transit away. I don't want to put a value right. on that. Right, and, 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 and what we're talking about right now, you know, this is just – and it would probably be a good time maybe uh, maybe one of these days to try and get George and bring him on and, and bounce some ideas. Maybe, he, you know, can he might be able to bring some other stuff to the table too. But these, these principles that, that we're talking about, these are philosophical principles that you must adapt to. You must, you must, you, I mean, I can't, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way, but you, you got to get it. If, if you don't get it, then I don't know what to say. Well, if you don't get it, you're just, unfortunately in our industry, you're just like everyone else, and guess what? You're going to get paid just like everyone else. Yeah, you know, and that's, that's not what I want. I, put, I spent 15 years in sales, and I listened to customers complain about the trucking industry. The guy was rude. The guy didn't show up on time. The guy couldn't speak English. He didn't care. He was nasty. He didn't shower. Uh, it, you know, it, 
it was almost scary when I came out on my first trip. I said, called my wife, and I said, what have I done? I said, there are a bunch of slobs out here. And I'm sorry, it, it is the way it is. Well, I, I, I got to jump back out for a quick second, guys, Chad and, and, uh, and uh, uh, George. I'll let you guys carry on for a little while longer. Uh, we're past the 8 o'clock, but uh, we got we still got people on the line. People are listening, but we don't have any more questions. But if there's anything else that you guys would like to share, you guys have that. I'm going to jump out real quick. Yeah. Chad, you still there? Uh-oh. I didn't jump out just yet. Well, it looks like Chad's gone on <laughs> Well, George, did you have anything that you wanted you wanted to uh, share on? No, just, no, just you know, one yeah. other thing, and you know, it's probably a tough thing that I hate to deal with is when I don't get a move from a customer. But as I was explaining to you earlier today about, I thought I was going to have a replacement move this week, but timing didn't work. I couldn't do it. They ended up going to Lance. Well, I'm okay. I didn't, I didn't mean to say who it was, but anyway, they gave it to someone else. It was not done to the level that I gave them, and what did it do? It just reinforced the value that I bring to them. There you go. There you go. They don't miss. They don't miss you till you go. Yeah. They go. Yeah, and that's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, everybody, um, we try to cut up, catch up, and give a little bit of a bonus time. Um, we all, as we see, it's, this is real trucking. We're guys that are actually out here moving freight so we can kind of speak to you from, from the same level that you're on. Um, we, you know, everybody brings something different to the table. We're, we're learning from one another. We're gaining experiences from from one another. I appreciate everyone for calling in and bearing with us again tonight through the technical difficulties. Well, it really wasn't technical tonight. It was more scheduling than anything else. But I appreciate you guys bearing with us, grinding it out, and hanging in there with us. Um, so we're going to probably wrap this one up and look forward to chatting with you next week. Hopefully we can get the schedule worked out where we don't have this problem again. But if not, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Um, we're going to stay, try to stay and, and, you know, make sure that we make this a weekly ritual to meet you here same time, same place next week. So tonight I'm signing off from – so you want to you want to say something real quick, George? No, I'm just you know what you're hitting the nail on the head. I, I'm game for it. It's a it's a lot of fun. You know, it's a, it's an interesting industry, and just you know what, guys, folks, guys, gals, put a smile on your face. You know, it, it's hard yeah. enough in the world with everything being a sourpuss. Just let's just have a good time out here and make some money doing it. Exactly, exactly. Well, signing off tonight for Kevin Rutherford, Chad Boblin, and also our good friend George Hick to join us here at the end. I'm Rico Muhammad. Signing off live from where the heck am I? Moxville, North Carolina. For Kevin Rutherford, be safe out there, everybody. Master the journey, and we'll talk with you next week. Good night. Thanks for joining us on Rates and Lanes. If you like what you heard here, leave us a rating and review on iTunes or listen to our other shows at audioroad.letstruck.com. To get in touch with our tribe, call us at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Thanks for joining us for the ride down the audio road.